It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. 49ers fire alarm went off Zaslow in their hotel. The wee hours of the morning. Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian presented by by Progressive. So I'm wondering that. What is your theory here on who pulled the fire alarm? Because uh, Christian McCaffrey and and, uh, Nick Bosa said that they do not believe that it was an accident. And I tend to side with them. (laughs) My theory is also... That was no accident. So you would think it's just some rogue Chiefs fan. Like, is there a Chiefs fan who's working at the hotel? You know, there's like a maid at the hotel who's a Chiefs fan. She goes over one night, early in the wee hours of the morning, just pulls that puppy. Or a Chiefs fan sn- sneaks into the team hotel. What, yeah, what that's are we what talking? I think it is. Yeah, I think a Chiefs fan. I, I think it's probably not that hard to find out where the teams are staying. Right. And I, I think Chiefs fan just says, you know what? I'm going to take one for the team here. Hope I don't get caught. And they pulled a fire alarm in the hotel. I, I don't think it's a big mystery. I think it's a clutch move by. I'm not endorsing it, but I think it's a clutch move by Chiefs fans. Call, okay, hold on. If you if it's a clutch move, then you are endorsing it. No, which I'm not endorsing, not endorsing it. it. Not endorsing it's, it. It's a, it's a bad move. Uh, anyway, you cut it. Also, is there a point in doing it this far away from the Super Bowl, though? Uh, it screws up. You, I, you know, these football players, they're they're so. They're so routine-oriented that That I do think – it's not like that in the other sports, you know? But with football players, they're so routine-oriented that, yeah, I I do think it could screw them up, even though it's only – you know, three nights, I guess it was, before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, it was was three nights before the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the thing. I feel like – if you were going to do this, then, then you got to do it. Then you got to commit. Then you need to be doing it like Super Bowl Sunday. So maybe tonight they're doing it again then. Maybe we're going to get successive no, nights. Now we've got we've, we've to take care of the fire alarms. Now there's got to be security around all the fire alarms if there wasn't well, already. But now we, we also have to see how the 49er fan responds. You know, are we going to go tit for tat here? Or do, does the 49er <laughs> fan let the Chiefs fan win this battle you know, of one-upmanship? For somebody who just said he wasn't endorsing endorse this type this behavior. of behavior, nah, you now terrible. called it clutch and also implied maybe there should be a tit-for-tat situation here. It's, uh, it's borderline illegal. You know, it's, It wasn't it's cool. 6 a.m. It wasn't at 3 a.m. I mean, 6 a.m., it's annoying, but like, how late are they sleeping well, in Super Bowl week? Wakey-wakey time. Let's these go. These guys are so regimented. Uh, so. We'll see if that affects them at all on Sunday, James. I, I just want to. I just want to make sure everyone knows that I am in Connecticut. That's all. I just want <laughs> would, everyone to know yes. that it wasn't me. Okay. Yes, you would like the record to reflect that you are in fact in Bristol, Connecticut. You are nowhere near the Forty ers team. Please hotel. listen to my my lawyer, Amber uh-huh. Wilson. <laughs> uh, smart move by you. So we were having a conversation earlier in the show. If you missed anything here on Amber and Ian, check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Zazlo and I were having a conversation about if this is more important for the 49ers to win or more important, essentially, the Chiefs to win. And we had posed it with, is there an argument even to be made that this game is more important for the Chiefs to win? Because clearly it's a bit harder it's a bit harder to make that conversation. It is, in fact, a must-win for both. That is yeah. 
That is correct. It is a winner go home, a loser yeah. go home, everyone goes home, but also a must-win situation for both teams. Chris Canty, the co-host of Unsportsmanlike, was on Unsportsmanlike. And he said, though, that if the 49ers don't win this one, Super Bowl 58, he thinks they're not going to get another chance. Here's Chris Canty. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan doesn't get it done in this spot with this team that he will ever get over the hump with the San Francisco 49ers. I know it sounds crazy because they've been there and they've been flirting with it, but I mean, people would have said it's crazy for the Buffalo Bills to go to four straight Super Bowls and not win one of them. Mm -hmm. Like, it feels like the San Francisco 49ers, this core, this team is tracking in that direction. And this is the moment where it has to be different. They've been favored in every single game this season, including coming up on Sunday. This is the time for the 49ers to get it done. If they don't win the Super Bowl this year, the window is slammed shut. I, I mean, it, Your that just, it doesn't register with me. The The door is slammed shut? I slammed don't... shut. Not just shut. Not just eased shut, but slammed shut. I don't, I don't get it. This is, you know... This 49er team, they've gotten to this point. I think we would all agree because everyone wants to talk about what a game manager Brock Purdy is. They've gotten to this place because they're a really good team. They're a really good all-around team. It, 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 I just, it doesn't even register with me that the door would slam shut if they don't win it this year. Like, who's the, who's the, the veteran who's about to retire? You know, is is the quarterback on his last leg because he's in his waning years? Is is the coach? Is the coach not even that great? Uh, you know, that's none of these examples are this 49ers team. I I don't understand how this. They're a, they've shown the they're not a fluke. They haven't made like a fluke run to the Super Bowl. They were a preseason favorite to win the NFC. They except for that three-week stretch after they were 5-0, and essentially rolled through the rest of the regular season, got to the Super Bowl like everyone said they were going to. And now if they don't win it this year, I don't understand how that would mean the door is slammed shut. If they lose this game someday, Sunday, Amber, they're going to be the heavy favorites to get back representing the NFC next year. Like the odds come out right away after the Super Bowl. They always come out right away for next season. And if the 40, win or lose, after the Super Bowl Sunday, the Niners are going to be heavy favorites to get right back there. That doesn't sound like the door slamming shut then to me. Yeah, they're going to be close to the top, if not at the top, I would imagine. They're going to be at the, the top NFC. of the NFC. For, oh, they'll be at the top either way they'll, for the they'll NFC. Be, they'll certainly be near the top if they're not at the top. I think you're right. I think they'll probably, frankly, be still at the top of that conference. There are nine 49ers, by my count, that will be free agents potentially after this season. Some of them pretty decently key names, but nobody, you know, insurmountable in terms of a loss. That happens with every team. I mean, with every team, there's contracts to work out. There's guys to try to retain. You know, there's things that you have to move around a little bit in a salary cap sport to make some things work. But what I thought was interesting about what Canty just said is he didn't just say the window would be closed for the 49ers. I mean, he specifically said for Kyle Shanahan. And I thought that was interesting because Kyle Shanahan is 44 years old. 44. Uh, Zazla, 
Uh, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tired by age. the end of the day. I'm 43. I'm pretty tired at the end of the day. <laughs> You've done a lot less, though, in your life. Uh, and Kyle Shanahan. I, I, I may have yawned a few minutes ago. I'm tired by nighttime. You know? He's got more fortitude than you. He's used to it. No, Kyle Shanahan is 44. These dudes coach until they're 74 these days. So he's got a lot of years left to do this whole head coaching thing if he it. wants to. I don't understand that either. And if it is if it is the system, because yes, you're right, we spent a lot of time with Brooke Purdy as he a system quarterback. And even though you and I don't like that conversation, the reason that conversation exists in part is because everybody does believe in Kyle Shanahan as a coach. And believes in the system so it is a conversation that people can have because hey Jimmy Garoppolo got them to a Super Bowl in that system you know Brock Purdy you can take Mr. Irrelevant put him in that system he gets you to a Super Bowl all of that though speaks to the greatness of Kyle Shanahan again I don't totally believe in that whole thing I think Brock Purdy obviously has been great for them but Kyle Shanahan as being an elite coach then I have no idea why he at 44 would be on his last leg of trying to win a Super Bowl and would have no chances after this, especially if you do believe that he could get it done with other players. I would also add to it, you know, if the Niners don't win this weekend, the door is slammed shut. Is is the door shut on all the teams that didn't even get this far in the NFC? Right. Well, yes, I think some people would say that about the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> well, okay, so, so if all those other teams, if the door is shutting on them too, is... Is anyone going to Some people are saying team? that about the Eagles. I mean, I, the only team that people aren't really saying that about is the Lions, <laughs> right? And maybe they should be. I don't I you're right. It's a silly argument because you I'm can confused. make that argument about most of the teams. But I don't believe I don't understand if you believe in the head coach and the key biggest names on the team are still going to be there next season that I don't know how you can even make that argument. We asked uh, Mike Tannebaum. He was on with us yesterday. We asked him that same question uh, based on what Chris Canty said. Here was Tannebaum's answer. Yeah, you know when you look at Brock Purdy's contract, Amber, you know just from a standpoint of like it's going to go up by thirty-five, forty billion dollars after next season. So when you think about guys like the Brandon Ayuk's of the world, they're going to graduate, and then you won't be able to you know trade for Chris McCaffrey or Chris uh, Jay Shung. So yes, I don't think their window is shut. But it gets a heck of a lot harder. And, you know, we saw the inverse of this with Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes signs his extension, which obviously he richly deserves. And then, you know, someone like Tyreek Hill has to, uh, you know, move on. It's just, you know, the math of the, these contracts. It is the math of the contracts. But also, of course, the Chiefs still find themselves in Super Bowls without Tyreek Hill, and including winning one. Well, I, I would also say, you know, the whole idea that if they lose, the window is, is slamming, the door is slamming shut. If they lose, they may not have to pay Purdy as much. That may keep the window open, you know, if they lose the game this weekend. I don't know. He's still getting to maybe getting you to the Super Bowls. You're still probably going to end up having to pay him, but you don't necessarily have to pay him like making him the highest paid quarterback in the history of the universe also. And again, they don't even have to do that until after next season. So why wouldn't they have the window that included next season, even if Tannebaum has a point about having to pay the contract? But we always have these conversations about having to pay the contract and make the other pieces around that player work. There's normally, if there's a will, there's normally a way because of course they can structure the money. Even if they pay the money, they can structure it to make other people fit. Tune into college basketball action tomorrow as Xavier hosts Creighton presented by Robin Hood. Coverage begins at 12 p.m. Eastern on ESPN radio and on the ESPN app. Coming up next, we'll list the top five reasons the 49ers and the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl. That's next year, ESPN radio.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Why will the 49ers win on Sunday? Why will the Kansas City Chiefs win on Sunday? Maybe that's what you're thinking as you're riding around in your car or listening on the app to Amber and Ian. Zaslow's filling in tonight. For Ian, you can find him at Zazzalo Show. You can find me, Amber Wilson, as well at Amber W Sports. Maybe that's what you're wondering. So we're here to tell you, Zazzalo is going to start with a San Francisco 49ers. So Zazzalo, you got to give me your top five reasons the 49ers are going to win Super Bowl 58. Okay, so so let's let's have a little full disclosure here because I've said several times that I I do believe that the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. So you and I, we, we drew it out of a hat. I drew the 49ers. So I could be unbiased in this spot, and I could tell you the reasons why the Niners will win if they're going to win. So just, I don't want to come off as uh, phony baloney, because I, I, I've said the Chiefs. But these are the reasons that I believe it will take for the 49ers to win, right? Does that make sense? That makes sense. Okay, very good. I'm actually going with top four reasons here. I got four reasons. I got four ways Wait, that the 49ers. you got top four on a top five That's right. list. You're giving us That's four? That's right. That's right. You couldn't so, come up with five reasons? I, I just told you. I already gave the explanation. I have the four reasons that the 49ers are going to win. So, James, start with the number four it been sounder. Like their, color, their uniforms look better. So you okay, you know what? I take it reason. back. Start with number five. Go. <laughs> Number five. Their color scheme. They're coming out with the white tops. And I think that looks dope. All right. So number five, the fifth best the fifth reason is they got a great color scheme. You got the white top, you got the gold bottoms. That's the number five reason that the 49ers can win this game. Now, let's get to get down to brass tacks. Come on. Number four. Okay. They're more talented team. You look at everybody around Brock Purdy. Their offense is better. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, who I think is going to have a big game. They're a better offense this year, and they are more talented man-for-man on that side of the football. Let's keep it moving. Number three. Kyle Shanahan. It feels like – I think he's a great coach. It feels like it's his time. I don't feel like he's one of the coaches, one of those coaches who are are going to be labeled as the guy who can't win the big game, you know? I don't think he's going to be this era's Marty Schottenheimer, you know? I, I think 
He blew the game, if you want to put it on him, when he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta. They blew a 10-point lead a few years ago. Although, I mean, look, you know, Garoppolo, he overthrew a couple receivers. I, I don't really want to pin that label on Kyle Shanahan. I think it's his time. I think he's a great coach. I think he's going to be great on Sunday. Let's go. Keep it going. Number two. Uh, side note, uh, Cam, who's running the board today, a Falcons fan, says definitely puts it on Kyle Shanahan. 100% okay. disagree with you, Zaz. All right. Hey, that's okay. I don't take offense to that. I'm not a Falcon fan. I'm not losing sleep over it. That's fine. You want to put it on Kyle Shanahan? Cam's putting it on Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> I'm not losing sleep. You are. Number right. two. There you go. Num- number two. Christian McCaffrey will be the reason that the 49ers win this game. You can make the case that he's the best player on the field. And I'm including Patrick Mahomes. That's right. That's how good. I'm not saying that I'm necessarily saying that, but you can make the case because McCaffrey is that good. He could do it all. He runs hard. He's shifty. He could catch out of the backfield. He's as great a player as there is in the National Football League. And if the Niners are going to win this game, it's going to come with a big-time performance from Christian McCaffrey. And we also really enjoyed having his father, Ed, on the show this couple nights ago. I don't know if that should play a role into me factoring that in here for them winning the game. But nonetheless, he was a really nice man. All right, let's go. Number one. The 49ers' entire body work. If we're going to take into account why the Niners are going to win the game this weekend, they've been the better team for the entire season. They were a prohibitive favorite going into the season. They started 5-0. They had a little rough stretch there. They got it going again. And now they've had monster second half. Well, it wasn't really a monster second half in the divisional round, but a big performance in the second half against Green Bay, a monster performance in the second half against Detroit. The body of work from start to finish for San Francisco has been better. So I think the 49er fan, you could trust in that, that overall – they are a better team. And those would be my top five reasons that the 49ers, don't forget number five, color scheme, white tops, gold bottoms, are why <laughs> San Francisco is going to win this game, Amber. All right, that is a good list. I agree with the overwhelming majority of that list. I do think the San Francisco 49ers are the better team. I think it's fair to say. Now, are they going to actually win this Super Bowl? Or maybe there's a few reasons why. It will be the Kansas City Chiefs instead. Here's my top five reasons the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win Super Bowl 58. Number five. Patrick Mahomes. Zaslow, he hasn't thrown an interception in six consecutive postseason starts. That is the longest streak by a quarterback in NFL history when having thrown a minimum of 20 passes in each playoff game. He's undefeated for a reason in these postseasons, and he has these rings, a couple of them on his hand already, for a reason. That dude is phenomenal when the postseason rolls around. Next. Number four. Patrick Mahomes. He is the reigning Super Bowl MVP. He is the experienced quarterback in this duel. He knows what he's doing. That dude is a winner. He has surpassed everybody in his generation already. He's being compared to the greats. Number three. Patrick Mahomes. He has completed almost 68% of his passes <laughs> in the postseason. Over 4,800 yards, 39 touchdown throws, just seven interceptions in the postseason. It's a 106.3 QB rating that he has in postseasons. He has led five game-winning drives and has four Fourth quarter comebacks so, 
in the postseason. So, that so team you is have, on fire. So you have Mahomes in two of the first three spots. No, no, okay. no. Right. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Did I say I, – I, I thought I had Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Well, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes is what, you, is what you've said so far. Did I say Andy Reid? Yeah, yeah. You had Andy Reid number four. That I made sense. did not other- mean to say Andy Reid if I said Andy Reid. I meant to say Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Wow. And Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I understand I went with number five color scheme, but I feel like I put a little bit of, you know, dedication into my reasoning. My t- Let's hear who you got number two. No, no. Let her cook. Yeah, okay. Next. Number two. The number two reason that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win Super Bowl 58 is the Kansas City Chiefs defense. That defense has been absolutely elite all season. That defense is the reason that Kansas City is in Super Bowl 58. That defense is legit. If they end up beating the 49ers, it will be because that defense got cooking against a very good 49ers offense. And number one. Number one. And the number one reason the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win Super Bowl 58 is... Patrick Mahomes. Oh, come on. You know, like, it's insulting to me. Four Super Bowls in five years. All this dude does is win. I don't even believe that the 49ers are going to win. I put effort into my list. He's done all of this before 30 years old. He's broken so many records in NFL history. He's only chasing Tom Brady and Joe Montana at this point. You're disrespecting the top five. It's a disrespectful list. It's a perfect list. You're disrespectful. It's pretty good. I don't know. I mean, I don't there really are five see reasons holes in there. So you're a disrespectful. Girl. Chiefs That's are going to is. win this Super Bowl, and four of those five reasons are Patrick Mahomes. Shame on you. The other one is the Chiefs defense. Coming up next, we will find out what's a big deal and what's not a big deal on ESPN Radio. You guys, ever had crumble cookie? Hell yeah, you have. May have to go get it now tonight since you brought it up. Sorcery, I tell you. What is so that good. stuff? It's so beyond good. It's stupid. It doesn't even make sense how good it is. My husband, so Crumble Cookie, they rotate the menu every single week. So you never have the same cookies. My husband right? gets in this habit of ordering Crumble Cookies every Friday. So That's whenever nice. I'm doing a show on Friday nights, I go out there. There's remnants of crumble cookies sitting there. He doesn't save any for you. Staring me in my face. Yeah, he saves a little bit, like a little of each cookie. A little bit. Because he's made the mistake before of not, and then he's heard about it. So now he normally saves me a little bit of each guy. I can always tell which one he liked more than more than the others. But man, they it's sorcery, James. Do you yeah, know what I'm talking about? Good. I've had them, and they're good. I'm, so I'm, wow. I'm not That's as not big a of a fan of, of crumble cookies as you guys are, I guess. Wow. This is crazy. Okay. That's crazy talk is what that is. Uh, I, but I need them to come up with, you know, calorie-free, carb-free versions of those things. Uh, well, that, that would be sorcery. sorcery. That would right, be sorcery. Well, it, That's the problem. Yeah, it's a problem with living with a man. It's, it's like I would be so trapped. That's the I, pro- you crack the code. That's the problem that's, of that's living with a man. That's the problem. That's yeah. the problem. I don't know. My because wife makes me feel like there are other these things into the house. Yeah. Well, there, there's a lot of other issues. The dishes. I mean, I get the, the clothes the, next to the laundry hamper. You guys can't just throw it in the laundry. It's the hamper's right there. You can't put the dirty clothes into the laundry ha- A lot of a lot of problems with you people. Amber and Ian, presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's find out what's a big deal, what's not a big deal. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal? 
or not a big deal with Amber and Ian. Yeah, I'm good at this. And Jonathan Zasler is filling in for Ian tonight and our producer, James Steele. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever played this before, Jonathan, but it's I'm something it. that is completely original and I came up with all on my own. Original off of my show. No, 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 no. I came up with this. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Uh, so let's start with the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons, as we know, hired Raheem Morris to be their head coach last month. But owner Arthur Blank wanted to make a few things clear Friday about the team's search and one candidate in particular, Bill Belichick. Blank, speaking for the first time since hiring Morris, said Belichick was never offered the Falcons job and that Belichick never asked for full control of player personnel. Belichick, uh, obviously six-time Super Bowl winning former head coach of the Patriots, interviewed twice in person with the Falcons for the position. One of the 14 candidates Atlanta spoke with before selecting Morris. Zads, big deal, not a big deal that Bill Belichick was never offered the Falcons head coaching spot. This is a big deal to me because I didn't think that things could look worse for Belichick. And here we are, where today Arthur Blank lets us know that they never offered him a deal. So it's not like someone in the Belichick camp can spin it that way that, hey, he was offered, but he didn't think it was a good fit. And Arthur Blank also said that Belichick never requested full control, which is another thing that could be spun where, hey, he wanted full control. The Falcons weren't comfortable with that. So he didn't even ask for full control, which he should not have. And the Falcons still didn't offer him the head coaching position. I don't think Belichick can look worse. And here we are. So I'm going big deal. I'm going to say this is not a big deal. And here's why. I didn't think they did offer him the job. And I kept saying that. In fact, I know Ian and I were having these conversations and he was sort of assuming that Bill must have turned down the Falcons. And I said, I don't, I don't think Bill was offered the job from the Atlanta Falcons. Why do we have this assumption that Bill was actually ever even offered the job? I'm not sure why. I mean, it, it might be that Bill Belichick was asking for too much money. I mean, it could be something as simple as that. One of the reasons I thought might be because Bill Belichick wanted too much control. That we learned apparently from this, though, from Arthur Blank, that that was not the case. So if there's any portion of this that is a big deal, I thought it was the latter portion, actually. Not so much that they didn't offer him the job, but that he didn't actually ask for control of personnel. So it leads me to believe that if we do ever see Bill coaching again, that he probably won't need to be coach and general manager, that he'll probably be more amenable to just being a coach. Maybe he recognizes that's his better opportunity moving forward. But in terms of them not offering him the job, I'm, I guess I'm not, I'm not shocked by that, so I don't find it to be a big deal. Uh, earlier this season, Patrick Mahomes was on the Manning cast, and he shocked uh, Peyton and Eli whenever he told them that he wears the same underwear for every game. Uh, Peyton and Eli were appalled basically but uh earlier this week patrick's mom randy mahomes joined the got it from my mama podcast and set the record straight on the uh, infamous uh lucky underpants i guess uh quote i asked Brittany, it's not that he wears them in game he wears them from point a like leaves the house gets to the game i don't think he actually wears them in game so amber big deal not a big deal that patrick mahomes apparently doesn't have a pair of lucky underwear all right. I have a very novice question here uh, because I haven't spent much time in my life thinking about it. Shockingly so. Uh, are they wearing regular underwear under those football pants? I don't like, think You're so. not wearing boxers under those things. I don't think so. Right? So I, so that's where, that's where my confusion was. I was sort of under the impression that they weren't, that they didn't have regular underwear on. Now are they like tidy whities? And so then they would, 
fit underpants if he's wearing a jock strap. I don't know how that works. I feel like you people might have more experience with all of that you people? than I do, you know? I'm just saying. Um, so this sounds like maybe it's not that big of a deal after all because the story's changed a little bit. Also, I don't think it's as insane for a football player to say it, even if he was wearing them in-game, because you have an entire week in between to wash your yeah. underwear. Even yeah. if it's a short week because you're playing on a Thursday, you still got four days in between to wash your underwear. And I'm sure Patrick Mahomes has a staff of people to help him with that. So I feel like for a football player to say that, it's not that big of a deal. I'd be far more grossed out if it was like, you know, a baseball player <laughs> or a basketball player saying, I wear the same pa- underwear for all 82. That would be, that'd be weird. I'm going not a big deal. They didn't say he wears the same underwear and doesn't wash it. Who cares? I mean, he wears it in the game. They wash it. He puts it back on for next game. They, what do you they wear the same jerseys. Though. They wear I mean, the same jerseys every week, and guess what? They wash them. Well, they don't. I mean, they have they have other jerseys as well. It's not always the same exact jersey that are other. Bodies. You're ruining my point. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go from the NFL to college football. UCLA coach Chip Kelly was named the new offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach in Ohio State. The Buckeyes announced on Friday. Kelly replaces Bill O'Brien who was named the head coach at Boston College on Friday. Ohio State uh, hired O'Brien in mid-January as part of head coach Ryan Day's move to no longer call plays and to run the program more holistically. Kelly and the Buckeyes agreed to a three-year deal. Terms were not disclosed, but Kelly is expected to take a pay cut of more than $4 million with the move as he made nearly $6 million at UCLA. Sources told ESPN, Zaz, big deal, not a big deal. Chip Kelly, the new offensive coordinator for Ohio State. Yeah, it's a big deal. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like you said, he's taking a pay cut, and it's to be an offensive coordinator, not a head coach. I'm I'm a little bit confused, and I'm going a big deal. I don't quite understand it, Amber. Yeah, I mean, he's taking a coordinator position, though, at you know a huge school. I mean, at Ohio State, at a premier program. So at least there's that. Uh, it you know it's weird in the way things that ended there, of course, with UCLA, and there's apparently maybe some more to it. I know that there are some rumors out there. Maybe UCLA doesn't have much NIL money or as much NIL money uh, from a booster collective standpoint to be able to compete with other schools. And I do think that we're seeing some of this across college football. It's not just that we're seeing it amongst the student athletes themselves, but we're starting to see big time changes at the coaching level as well in terms of retirement, like the Nick Sabans of the world. And in terms of the movement, like we're seeing here and in part, it probably has something to do with navigating that whole NIL world. So maybe being a coordinator at Ohio State, whose booster collectives maybe have way deeper pockets than being a head coach over at UCLA, maybe that's more appetizing in 2024. Uh, Maybe Ohio State uh, panicking a little bit after losing to Michigan three years in a row? Yes, that's that's a solid point as well. Um, I also think maybe part of it from Chip Kelly's standpoint and some of these head coaches... I don't think they like dealing with all of it. Yeah. I think that Chip Kelly says, you know what? I'd rather be an offense coordinator right now while they figure out how to regulate all of this. I think there's a little bit of that going on. Yeah, I don't think I don't think coaching right now in college football is fun for most of these 
coaches. I, I think that's like what it. we're learning. I don't think they like it. I don't think anybody's enjoying what's happening at that level. Other than, of course, the students getting paid, that part's great. But even the students transfer, it's not just NIL because, you know, and I'm certainly, there's no part of me that's trying to take a dollar out of those kids' pockets, but it's also the transfer portal. And is it a good thing? For these students, even is it in their best interest to go to four different colleges during their time in college, four or five different colleges? I mean, it, at some point, it's supposed to be about education as well, uh, not just about their sport. And so navigating the transfer portal, in addition to navigating NIL, I think from a coaching perspective, it's just not fun anymore. Um, the reason why Bill O'Brien took the Boston College head coaching job is because their head coach left to go to the NFL to be a, def- yep. a defensive coordinator, too. Um, one more real quick, 76ers team president Daryl Morey expressed optimism on Friday that reigning MVP uh, Joel Embiid would return from a knee injury in time for a possible postseason run. We're hopeful, Morey said, before the 76ers hosted the Hawks. Uh, and three days after Embiid underwent surgery on his left knee, feedback has been more good than bad since we first heard about what led to his procedure. So we're hopeful and we're building it, the team to make it better this year. Uh, the Sixers are currently losing to the Hawks at home, 105-91. to 91. But Amber, big deal, not a big deal. That uh, Sixers seem hopeful that they can get Embiid back for a, a run at an NBA championship, hopefully. It's it's a big deal. Uh, you need Joel Embiid. What you really need him for is a postseason. They've made some moves here up against the trade deadline to try to stay afloat during the interim. It's a big deal if Joel Embiid can come back from this thing and be able to contribute to them for a postseason. Of course, it's a big deal. He was playing at an MVP caliber level. He won't win the MVP this season because of that 65-game role, but he was playing well enough to win the MVP again this season, so obviously they need him and Zaslow it's a big deal in the east if Joel Embiid is playing basketball well and can I just add also like you mentioned he's not going to win it again because of the 65 game rule nobody's voting even if there wasn't a rule nobody's voting for a guy who only played 50 games you know so like, 100%. it doesn't matter it, it doesn't I mean Draymond Green's going to go on his podcast and, and complain about it and cry about it but you're absolutely right all right but but I'm, I'm going big deal because it, it essentially gives Embiid two months to recover when the initial timeline, they said they're hoping to reevaluate in a month. It's two months until the playoffs from the time of the injury, so I'm going big deal. And I, I, I think he's going to be back. I think that's why they traded for Buddy Heald yesterday, is they're going to try and stay afloat. And then when he comes back, they're hoping to be able to make a move, make a run. Excuse me. I did not expect him to come back because of the injury history. I figured that they'd just be so cautious with him when they traded for Buddy Heald. I thought, okay, now we're talking. When they made the moves with Buddy Heald and Patrick Beverly, and I thought, okay, I guess the 76ers are doing something here. And so that must mean that they have hope that they're going to be doing something at the end of the season. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we're going to be doing something. We are going to make our official Super Bowl pick. That is next here on ESPN (laughs) Radio. The NFL Hall of Fame class had one very notable snub. It shocked the world. People are calling it an embarrassment. Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. You can find him at Zaslow Show. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. You can also check out Zaslow Show 2.0, Zaslow's podcast, available wherever podcasts are available. You are welcome. So, The Hall of Fame class for the NFL looks like this. That was just announced. Zaslow, Julius Peppers, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Patrick Willis, and Dwight Freeney as the modern-day inductees. Yeah. Not on that list 
Antonio Gates, who yeah. in large part, most people consider one of the best tight ends in NFL history. Yeah, uh, it was the first year Gates has been eligible. L- let's be clear. He's getting into the Hall of Fame, all right. right? But the NFL Hall of Fame's tricky, Amber. They only allow five, five of the modern day. You know, they they only allow five per year. So it's not like he's not worthy. And then you look at these other five guys. They've, you know, a, a few of them have been finalists or semifinalists several times before. And these are these are legit guys: Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Julius Peppers, Patrick Willis. So those are five, and everyone else who was on the ballot now has to wait at least another year. So Antonio Gates is getting in. I don't really think it's that big of a deal that he didn't get in first time because, like I said, it's a max five. Should there be a a bigger max? Yeah, probably. But these are the rules, so it is what it is. This is why it's so hard to get in. And and especially for wide receivers, like good for Andre Johnson getting in now, because it's it's difficult for wide receivers to get in. Wide receivers usually have to wait quite a bit. That's why you got guys like Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt, who did not get in again this year, because only five get in. It's usually difficult for wide receivers. I don't really have so much of a problem with those guys not getting in, because for me, Amber, when I'm looking at Hall of Fame... I, I look at how many times they've been all pro. Uh, nobody cares about Pro Bowl. Everyone makes the Pro Bowl. I, I got to see how many times you've been an all pro. That means that for those years, you were considered the best at your position. And for instance, Antonio Gates is three-time all pro. And he was three-time all pro playing at a time where, you know, Tony Gonzalez was still in the league. So Antonio Gates is without question a Hall of Famer. It just didn't happen this year. He'll likely get in next year. I don't think there's really a whole big stink to make over him not getting in first bout. It's hard. Yeah, he. it is hard. Uh, that's a good take by you. It is hard to get into the Hall of Fame. He is. He was an incredible player. I mean, if you if you pull the stats, uh, it, there's just no question to me that he'll end up in there. He tallied double-digit touchdowns four times. He cleared 1,000 yards twice in his career. Uh, the, I mean, the stats, obviously, are... And all are these guys, by the way, Amber, who got, in, who got in yesterday, they're multi-time all-pros, just like Antonio Gates. Like, they're totally deserving guys. But people were upset, man. I mean, his former teammate, Sean Merriman, tweeted out, Antonio Gates not being a first ballot is an absolute embarrassment. They should be ashamed. A no, former NFL O-lineman, uh, Rich Ornberger, posted a video on X with the caption, Antonio Gates isn't a first ballot HOFer with a bunch of question marks. Embarrassing. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree. I don't, I don't agree. Like, which of those guys, which of the five guys that got in shouldn't have gotten in. So that's that's the key. That's the key always because I feel like this is what we do. I feel like it's very yeah. easy to just say, how is he not a first ballot? But also, who are you taking off the list then yeah. out of the guys going into the hall? Like you said, it's just such a short list. Again, Julius Peppers, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Patrick Willis, Dwight Freeney. I, I, like those three guys there, guys. Patrick Willis, Julius Peppers, Dwight Freeney. Do you understand how good those three guys were? Uh, yes. You know, <laughs> yes, so I I, like I'm not asking you. I, I'm, it's, no. it's, it's, it's it's hypothetical. I'm not, I'm not really oh, asking. God. I'm not trying to quiz you here. But it, so Antonio Gates will wait one year. He'll wait one right. year. It'll be okay. Yeah, I, I don't be. agree with the embarrassment stuff. I don't agree. All right. Well, we are going to try not to embarrass ourselves right now because we have to get to our ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. Let's do it. 
This is a challenge. Challenge. This is ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. So our ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge, it started anew for the postseason. We have been picking all throughout the postseason, each and every game. Against and again, this spread. show, regular season, historically bad, right? Again, I don't know why we mentioned that. That was then, this is now. Now okay. we are right. sitting atop the standings Sorry. in the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. Amber and Ian right now is 8-4 and four in the postseason. That's leading the way. Unsportsmanlike, Freddie and Harry, they're both tied 7-5 and five in second place. Okay. Harlan versus Joe and Game Night are both tied 6-6. Uh, Joe, and six. that's your thing. Come on. They're sitting at 500. We got the better Joe, though. I'll get to that in a second. Greeny, of course, in dead last, because that's where Greeny oh, always is. Oh, come on. 5-7 uh, uh, on Greeny's pick. So, Amber and Ian are atop of the standings, in large part, because on championship weekend, when we were leading into that, on that Friday show, James Steele had his daughter, Johanna Steele, in studio with him. So, we decided to throw a curveball and let Johanna make our picks. She swept it. Zaslow catapulted us above everybody else in the standings. So once again, we are turning it over to eight-year-old, eight eight years old, right? Eight-year-old Johanna Steele. No pressure, Johanna. No pressure. Super Bowl 58, let's go. The 49ers are one and a half point favorites over the Chiefs. Joe, who are you picking? The Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. I, I, there it is. She's wearing she's wearing Chiefs garb from head to toe. Okay. We All right. As the tiebreaker, she has the hiccups right now too. It's very funny. <laughs> as a tiebreaker, we have to pick total points on the Super Bowl without going over too, okay? Okay. Joe, what do you got? 37. Low scoring game. Okay. Wow. So 37? Yeah, All 37. Right. Is- is our over under for total Are we doing price points. is right style? Close wow, is not going we are over? low. Correct. What is ESPN's right bets? Do you remember off the top of your head? It's like, isn't it 47 it's and a half? It's either 46 and a half or, or 47 and a half. I can't remember. Goodness. All right. Well, there you go. There you have it. In Johanna, Johanna. we trust.